Hi everybody, it is the 4th of May 2020, it's Monday, and we're living in strange times where we have to do a Thursday evening on a Monday afternoon. Um, the world is, is strange at the moment. Mm. If you want to see something funny, you go to game stores, they have a sign up saying that to sell luggage is, um, according to the law, it's illegal to sell luggage. You go to checkers, they've got their luggage on special right now, big sale signs. You go to Camp Union Mart, they will have a sign up that says it's illegal to sell flip-flops. Um, yep, that's, that's the, those are the times we are living in. Um, all kinds of strange things, and yeah, in these times, this actually is uh, quite fitting for the times, isn't it? Mm. So what are we doing? Right, so um, we sent a message quite recently saying that uh, if anyone through their Bible study or you know, during their quiet times comes across any kind of doctrinal questions... They can send it through on the appointment form, and then we're going to handle those kind of questions as if it were a Thursday evening. So we'll ask the questions, pose the questions as if everyone is together, and then we'll answer it so that it can be to the benefit of everyone in the in the fellowship. Hmm. So, so Liani has sent us through a question about, or a few questions about the book of Habakkuk in the Old Testament. And so what I'm going to do is we've identified um, the questions specifically, so I won't read all of it. I'll specifically read the questions for us, and then we'll answer them as well as we can. Mm. Um, right. So the uh, first comment is, I'll read it the way she typed it so it makes it easier. So she says, one of the Bibles I have has an introduction part to every book giving some background to the book. I don't know how correct it is, but it explains that Habakkuk ministers during death throes of the nation of Judah, but that the nation is stubborn despite repeated calls to repentance. Um, then secondly, it gives background to the meaning of the name of Habakkuk, but she says she also looked it up on the internet, and it happens to be that the name Habakkuk in Hebrew means embrace or cling. And um, then there's some context to that. So I think maybe we can comment on that first and then I'll move on mm. to the rest of the questions. Okay, so firstly the name. The name. You answer that. Okay, so um, so scholars have tried to do some research about where the name comes from, but in actual fact it's not definitive and there's no real um, source for, for what the name Habakkuk means. So they've speculated, scholars have speculated about what it could mean in Hebrew, uh, but there's no, no concrete definition, unfortunately, for the name Habakkuk. Mm. And so it could be linked to one of the traditional names, names had meaning, mm. and it could be cling, and it could be one of it those. It could be. But so we're not saying it's not, but, the, but they, <coughs> yeah, there's, it's not definitely that. That's right. Yeah. As far as when Habakkuk lived... <laughs> okay, so this is also interesting. The only information, the only reference to the prophet Habakkuk in the Bible is the book of Habakkuk itself. He's not mentioned anywhere else or in context or anything else. And usually uh, when prophets wrote their piece of scripture 
or their visions, or etc., etc., uh, they would give reference to who they were, or you know, those who came after them would write out down details about who they were, where they came from. So usually there was reference to their town or their parentage or what tribe they came from. So something that would give the reader um, some significant some significance about who the the prophet was. Um, Very often, the the prophet would have to go speak to the king, who would prophesy about a king or kings, um, and, and the, those would give us some idea yes. of the context. Yes. Yeah. But in the book of Habakkuk, there's none of this. No context. Doesn't tell us who his father is, what tribe he's from, what village he lives in. Nothing. It doesn't even tell us when he's alive. So there's no period reference. Um, we'll get to we'll get to some of the references now that scholars have made assumptions uh, from to just try and kind of get a hold on this. Um, but yeah, so there's no there's no reference to who he actually was or where he came from, um, since he's his only source and reference, and he doesn't explain any of this. So okay, so basically what we have we have a very short piece of ancient literature. Somebody wrote a fairly short note. <coughs> <coughs> and it so happened that it was included among what is called the prophetic books. Mm -hmm. um, more specifically, the minor prophets. So Habakkuk is considered to be one of the minor prophets. Mm. And the general assumption is that this written piece by Habakkuk is a prophecy. Mm. This is not really correct. And uh, we'll get to that part. So mm. we're going to have a look at what do we have here, what's the significance and according to, uh, I think what Leoni specifically wanted to know is why did it come to her attention? Is the Lord trying to highlight something for her? Is the Lord trying to draw her attention mm. to something? And I think we'll, we'll get to some, of, mm. some clarity regarding that as well. Yes. So, first okay. detail. So, the first detail is... Um, so Liani uh, marked for us the verses that stood out to her. I'm not going to read through all of them. I'll specifically read the ones or refer to the ones that um, has a specific question attached. But in general, she said that when she read through the book of Habakkuk, uh, the theme of watching, uh, what does she say? So she says, uh, what stood out to me most were, or caught my attention had to do with watching, seeing, and vision. And obviously she said that this was strongly related to the theme of the year, so obviously that's why it stood out hmm. to her. I think before we carry on with that, let's just quickly uh, look at the context. Her Bible said that uh, Habakkuk prophesied in a time of death throes when the nation of Israel is stubborn and unrepent unrepentant. <laughs> what did you say about the sky? Oh, I said it's like, it's like writing that, uh, you know, or scholars making the assumption that this was written during a time when the sky was blue 
or it was written during the time when the sun rose in the morning and set in the evening <laughs> because Israelites have generally always been stubborn. <laughs> so basically what happened in her reference Bible, Liani, what happened there was someone had to write something because they were going to read a little introduction or context or history to every book in the Bible. And the guy that was given the task to write something about Habakkuk <laughs> was a like, tough time. I have nothing to work with here. <laughs> There's no period reference except for the mention of the Chaldeans. Which is also tricky, tricky. Because they assumed that because of the reference to the Chaldeans, they assumed that the book was written shortly before the invasion. Now, in the historic context, a hundred years before the Babylonian invasion is shortly before the Babylonian invasion. So it's not wrong. But I mean, that's not even, it's not it's even not that it's right. definitely that. They, they just assume because there's no reference to an actual timeline. So they don't even know when it was written. This could have been written 400 years before the Chaldeans. It could have been written 20 years before the Babylonians. Exactly. 20 years is a long time. Now, what they do think is that he he lived prior, he was a little bit earlier than the other prophets that like were prophesying. So. Mm. Uh, so, we know that the Chaldean um, Empire came before some of the other empires, mm. specifically the Babylonian Empire. And in the days of Daniel, the Chaldeans are already subjected to um, other nations, mm. the Babylonians. And so um, the Chaldeans now have just become a feature of a story. They're no longer an empire. Mm. And he's saying in this, in this prophecy that uh, the Lord is going to raise up the Chaldeans. Yes. So this is even before they raised up. Is, is it mm. from an observation that somewhere in their world view mm. there's a dynamic that can be perceived? Um, so, so basically, the comment in the Bible is also just a comment to fill a space. It doesn't give you any yeah, information. it's not actually definitive. So, so literally, there's, there's no context. Hmm. So, uh, when he says Habakkuk lived in the time of death throes, that's the Old Testament kind of general theme for the Israelites. When the Israelites were stiff-necked and unrepentant, it's still the same. <laughs> so that hasn't changed. And so it's a safe thing to write down for just yeah. about any part yeah. of any Bible period. You can insert it because <laughs> it will be true. Okay, so. Okay, so uh, she did make mention specifically of she's not sure exactly what the Chaldeans represent or, or mean uh, in this context. Mm. Do you want to... Let's talk about the yeah. possibility. So, if it would happen that any one of um, the spirit-filled saints on earth felt that the Lord were drawing their attention to the prophetic books, uh, one of the prophetic, uh, the minor prophets, or a portion of scripture, mm. what is happening to us is that, okay, firstly, <clears throat> during the time period from... Uh, more or less the beginning of 2020, there's definitely been a drawing by the Spirit of attention to the minor prophets. To, to all the prophetic books, actually. Mm. Okay. So, why? 
because there is a changing of seasons and winds. So we're talking about there's changes of seasons very often, like seasons tend to do. Seasons don't change every 10 years, mm -hmm. but then every 100 years or 200 or 300 years, there's a significant change in the historic flow of things. Mm. Mm. Now, we're definitely living in one of those times. We are definitely seeing that happening. Mm. So if we just a very quick look at um, uh, before the, the First World uh, War, mm. Uh, it was the time of the empires. Mm. Then came the First World War. And that's just and a little over a hundred years ago. That's right. And so the First World War brought a significant change in the way the world worked. Um, uh, after the first post-World War One, we see the rising of uh, what was the Soviet Union mm. um, into very uh, a very strong uh, position. Um, because of World War One and um, and afterwards, uh, America becomes the great pillar of a movement that became the democrat democratic movement. Mm. Um, it just picked up speed there, and uh, but significantly out of the First World War, uh, fascism arose, and we know that that led to the Second World War. Um, after the Second World War. Now, that was obviously a significant change mm. of wind direction. Um, so, uh, there's clouds mm. of time that would come. It's when mm. the Lord comes mm. and um, uh, power shifts happen. Yeah. Um, after the Second World War, uh, Russia and America went into the Cold War yes. time period. Yes. Um, uh, during that time, China was, uh, and before, the, especially before the First World War, China was in poverty. There were famine. I mean, they were taking Chinese uh, people oh. via shift all over the world to build railways, work in mines. Mm. This mm. is, if you told the Queen in 1890 that China that would, would become possibly become the strongest economy in the world she wouldn't have believed it so this is the only possible application so the Lord might be drawing our uh, attention to the book of Habakkuk to, uh, to, to allow us to hear certain words mm. that might draw our attention to um, pay attention to the big shifts Mm. Uh, that's happening historically in the world. Now, we don't know, but it certainly looks like uh, the Chinese are going to, uh, or China is going to rise up as the dominant force globally. It all depends on, of course, still what America is going to do mm -hmm. and what Russia is going to um, come up with next. Um, but definitely a shift. So, if we had to apply it prophetically to our time, it yeah. could be that the Lord is saying He's going to raise up a mighty scourge on the earth, much like the Chaldeans. What can we call the Chinese a scourge? For sure. Um, it's not very long ago that they were still trying to get Chinese to stop eating babies. Sorry to say that, but it's true. Um, currently, we're still trying to get them to stop eating dogs. 
and everything else that moves. <laughs> um, Facts. Uh, we know that they they live under the um, uh, sign of the dragon, mm. and so not all Chinese. We're not saying there's some no, of the yes. seeds scattered among them that are being that, that are being mm. saved, but. Generally. It might be that the Lord is drawing our attention to the fact that there's a scourge arising. Mm. Now, if you read through um, some of the book of Habakkuk, him referring to the type of how these people would be a terrible people, mm. we could apply it loosely mm. to the circumstances today. But we're not going to apply this as a definite prophetic word to what's yes, happening. Yes. We could look at it and go, is the Lord speaking to us about a similar event? With mm. other words, prophetic unfolding yeah. or cyclic unfolding. So this is what we would draw from there. So if the Lord had to draw our attention to this, we want to look at the big picture is there a similar event happening, a terrible people? Then, of course, the, uh, what is written is going to go from there, and it's going to say, but did this, uh, this mighty nation will also be brought to its knees. It will be judged, and it will also come to nothing because God is almighty and so forth. But now the prophetic unfolding goes all the way to the end of times. There's very clear references that shows us that it's speaking about his judgment of the earth, the final battle, and his return. Mm. So, literally, nothing in this short piece written by Habakkuk can be pinned to any specific timeline. Therefore, uh, we are going, I'm pretty sure that this is a prophet that had, similar to the other prophets, a a, a visionary or a vision and a prophetic experience that took him all through time and outside of time and I don't think any of this is um, bound to any specific time period uh, except for the fact that there's significant references to the end of time yes okay yes. but there's more surprises uh-huh. in the book of Habakkuk okay so <clears throat> now in chapter 2 We'll go straight there. In chapter 2, verse 2 to 4, specifically verse 2, it says, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak, it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Um, So specifically to this uh, verses, Liani asked, what vision is he referring to? Is it the general faith vision of New Jerusalem that we know? Or is it the vision that is following in the rest of the book? Okay, it's definitely a reference to a specific vision. Mm. Habakkuk had a vision uh, from the Lord that Mm. he was supposed to write down on tablets. Now... This could be an important reference to what time he lived in. Was it before papyrus? Was it before they had scrolls, paper mm. of any form? That could be. We don't know. Mm. Or is it just significant that it should be written on tablets, which refers to the um, uh, never-ending nature of God's sayings, uh, the establishment of it as law, with other mm. words, unchanging mm. and uh, abiding, uh, all of those things. Mm. What we do know is that he's supposed to write a vision down 
for others to see. And if somebody read the vision, they would run. That would be the effect and impact of the vision. Now, you might go read through the book of Habakkuk, and when you're done, you're going to say, where's the vision? That is because the book of Habakkuk is not the vision. So, it's amazing how theologians insist that this is the prophetic book of Habakkuk. It's very clear that the vision is not recorded here. At least not in the way that the Lord instructs him. I mean, if he's going to write down a vision on tablets that will make everyone run, who reads it? I mean, no offense, but I read Habakkuk and I don't necessarily feel like going for a run or <laughs> running away. Um, so, yeah. so if you just took the, what is written by Habakkuk, so the volume of his specific writing, and you isolated it from the rest of the scriptures, it doesn't matter who read it, a Gentile or a Jew, mm. it would be read and there's some powerful references, but there's no vision mm. specifically. There's some references to some aspects of a vision. That's the thing. That might cause you to think it's a vision, mm. but the vision's not in here. And also, because we know the rest of the Bible, and we've read Revelation, for instance, mm. um, our brains would actually interpret what he writes according to what we know from other books. But again, if you just isolate the book of Habakkuk, and you don't take into account any other information available from the Bible, you're not actually looking at a vision. No. Here's the extent of the possible vision. Verse 4. Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. That's the extent of a possible vision. <laughs> he, is going, he is going now to continue. Now, if you read through chapter well, verse 5, the Lord very clearly starts speaking to him about Look among the nations, what's utterly astounded. Then he, it looks like he's launching into the vision, but he's not. What we're looking at is if you would read the foreword or the introduction mm. on a one to one and a half page in the beginning or the front of a book that you're going to read. Mm. So you buy a book of 300 pages it's going to be one or two pages uh, introduction. Mm. This is what we're looking at here. This is not the vision. It looks like he's launching into the vision, but now he's going to carry on about some aspects. But it's not the vision when somebody reads it that is going to cause them to run. Mm. Because he is referring to significant stuff that in a vision would be very important. Mm. His vision would have looked something, it would have looked more like something uh, in line with the vision that John had in the book of Revelation. Because he's definitely got revelation of the Lord's return, yes. the end of days. We know this because he's asking the Lord, why are you angry at the rivers and the ocean? So mm. he's referring to the drying up of the rivers, the rivers turning into blood and so forth. And he's also saying it's going to be so bad he just hopes he's dead. So <laughs> definitely, he, he had a vision of the whole tribulation. He has a vision of the Lord's return. It's a matter of fact, the Lord's return is so scary that, that he says that even believers, even the saints, will be scared witless when the Lord returns. So this is it. 
Now at the end of the whole written piece, you'll see after verse is it uh, 19, he says to the chief musician with my stringed instruments. This was also one of Leoni's questions is how, what is the interpretation or sig prophetic significance of chapter 3 verse 17, 18 and 19. Okay. So he's ending off by saying this is a song. Now theologians insist that the vision is the first part uh, chapter 1 and 2, and chapter 3 is a song. Or at least just this last bit, at least, is a song. Now, right. I have to contend that I think the whole thing is a song. Mm. So this is what you might imagine. Say a young man of 40 receives a significant vision of the end times and the Lord's return mm. from the Lord. So the judgment of nations the rising up of um, the Antichrist, and we know this is going to happen cyclically and unfold, the Antichrist nations will rise and fall. Because mm. he says very clearly in this prophecy, those nations will fall again. They mm. will be brought low, they will be judged. Okay. Now, a man of 40 had such a vision, and now you see him sitting one... Late evening, there's a full moon and he's got a nice fire uh, going. Mm. He's sitting next to the fire musing and he's now 70 years old. And this is the kind of thing that would pr be produced by a man of uh, uh, later age uh, reminiscing about the day that the Lord gave him the great vision. Mm. And... Um, it's very clear that this is not the actual prophetic word. It's not the actual vision. This is a song that he wrote about the time when the Lord gave him a vision. And that is why there's no reference to um, substantiate uh, or validate this. This was not intended to be a mm. prophetic word or a significant uh, piece. The actual prophetic word, what, who knows what happened to it? Mm. But that's why he doesn't refer to his fathers, how the Lord called him, mm -hmm. any kings or any timely references. Mm. He just wrote a song. That's it. About a very significant time. And he included some of the details. The way mm. that a person, for instance, that had fought in the Second World War, would uh, 30 years later, as an old man, uh, write a song about some facets of the incident. Mm -hmm. He's not mm -hmm. writing a, a historic um, record. Okay, so the only other specific question is in chapter 3 sorry, is in chapter 3 verse 13 that says, you went forth for the salvation of your people for salvation with your anointed and she asked if that is a reference to one man the body, the temple, and the answer is yes, it does, it's, that's it. Um, okay, maybe just, yes. can we just do some? Yes, 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 yes. So, first thing, we would assume this is a prophetic um, reference to Messiah. Remember, Messiah is a concept that is a prophetic unfolding all through the Bible. Mm. Secondly, it could be, it says, you marched through the land in indignation, you trampled the nations in anger. You went forth for the salvation of your people, 
for salvation with your anointed. You struck the head from the house of the wicked by laying bare from foundation to neck. Mm. Now, this has to be a reference to the actual return of the Lord. Mm. And we know then it would fit because a reference to the anointed would be the Lord returns with his body, yes. with the saints. Yes. Okay. It could be, from a just theological perspective, a reference to any of the anointed kings or anointed things. Mm. We don't believe that could be true because we know that after Babylon, the Lord never... Mm. actually comes through with might and power to mm. restore the Israelites. No, True. it's done more um, uh, in a political way. Yes, um, yes, yes. He, 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 he changes the heart and the mindset of kings to achieve this. So yes. this would not be applicable, and if it was a prophetic word, it wasn't fulfilled. But it will certainly be fulfilled in the end times. Yes. So yes. that's the reference yes. here. The body, but specifically the return of Messiah with his body. Mm. Okay, yes. Okay. And so, um, for the rest, basically the verses that she uh, lifted out or identified as, as what stood out for her while she read it, all has to do with watching, seeing, and vision. And so she just ends it off by saying that... Um, uh, she just asked, could you help me with how to take this further or how to apply it? Surely it's mainly about keeping our eyes on him and on his finished work. And, um, yeah. So. Yes, certainly. One doesn't want to read too much into it. Um, this could be a, a reference point in our own thinking as far as certain things concerned. <clears throat> he does lay emphasis on the fact that it doesn't matter. So he's looking at the destruction of the world, the, the mm. persecution. Mm. So looking at all of that, and he comes to the conclusion, it doesn't actually matter what happens, I trust in the Lord. Yes. Then he makes a very important parallel, where is it where he says he will stay on, the rampart. he will watch. Yeah. Yes, this is chapter 2, verse 1. So chapter 2, verse 1, he has gone through the fact that the Lord is showing him and warning him that he's going to raise up a mighty nation, they are going to plunder and they are going to be terrible and there's terrible times coming. He is commenting, he's saying, Lord, why do you look at all the injustice? Why is there so much injustice, so little righteousness, so little truth? Why does things work the way it works? And then he goes, well, you are. Again, he does what King David does. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, he's, like King David, we said on Sunday, King David says, but you are holy, you are separated from these things. He's going to say, why do you look at these kind of things? Why you shouldn't even look mm. at that. You are separate from these things. And, and the masses on the world, people are just crazy. There's no justice. They're running amok. And then he goes and he separates himself from that. Mm. And he goes, you know... Be it as it may, you have chosen to do it in this way. And I might have my questions about this, but I will. You are there, mm. separated from these things, and you are in control, and eventually you're going to sort this mess out. For me, in my time, I'm going to keep myself in readiness. 
I'm going to be watchful. I'm going to be in my position. Remember, we have reiterated and emphasized being in position, learning where your position is in the body, learning where your position is in the world. Be rightly positioned, be ready, and be watchful, be prayerful. Mm. And if the Lord so chose, He would sometimes, from His high and lifted up position, uh, He would interact with a human that is down here, man on the ground in the mess, and he would speak to them, give them vision, give them instruction, or just use them in a very everyday, matter-of-fact way to do what he wanted to do and achieve mm. what he wanted to do. So the Lord is not coming down in power and interfering with things. He's using people and circumstances to move among mm. the chaos. Yes. And so Habakkuk comes to the conclusion that whatever I don't understand, it is a, it's a mess. I'm just going to be watchful, I'm going to position myself right, and I'm going to be waiting on the Lord. I'm faithful, I know what the outcome is, and that's it. Okay, so the vision here does not refer to New Jerusalem specifically. It, re it refers, everything here is uh, what's going to happen on the earth, the unfolding, the end of times, and the Lord's returning. It does refer to the body and God's salvation plan. Mm. So please get that right. Our response is, mm. we have made it an established, we have established a prophetic word and a prophetic uh, um, approach to this year that everybody in this fellowship and hopefully, and, and we believe that it is so, that in the true body of Messiah, we'll all develop vision and <coughs> develop a greater vision. Now, this entails that we will become increasingly aware of the big picture. Mm. We will develop a greater perception, um, and we will be better able to perceive the world around us, how things move, our place in it, and the uh, changing in times and so forth. We don't have to necessarily understand every detail, but yes. we are growing in an awareness so that we can walk circumspectly, we can pay attention, so that's what we've been emphasizing, so that we don't step on the cockroach, so that we don't mm. uh, walk in blindness or in ignorance, so that we will be informed, we develop this vision, it's not necessarily just a prophetic vision. It's a very everyday yes. taking note, being part of the big picture, um, being part of the bigger world, taking some responsibility in our small life for the big picture, being rightly positioned, uh, paying attention to the Lord I and believing focus. that He will use us in very small ways mm. in our everyday life uh, in a chain reaction that has a bearing on the big picture um, through time. Mm. And um, th that's basically the way we respond to this. Let me put it this way. There is a signal that has been going out timely mm. across the world and it is a drawing our attention, our antennas. So any of us can pick this signal up anytime. It's not the Lord specifically going, hey, you, <clears throat> can I speak to you a moment? Um, it might be the, that the Holy Spirit in you is responding specifically to what has been released from heaven, mm. and that is why your attention would be drawn to it. 
but there's a, 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 a body uh, response that's going to happen. And the fact is that our, our attention is being drawn to the fact that we're coming closer to the end of times. Yes. We are preparing for the end of times. We're preparing by developing vision, by mm -hmm. developing understanding and the right mindset. <clears throat> we, he keeps reiterating the details of the end of times um, simply because we, we, we need to pay attention. Yes. Uh, but let me put it this way. Even with all of that said... If it is true that he, the, China, the Chinese people, China is going to rise up as a terrible people upon the earth. And he spoke that to me personally. Munay, the Chinese people are going to become a terrible people upon the earth. Then what? What do I do about it? And that's also a mindset that we have to make peace with. Um, unless he's going to give a significant huge vision and revelation with instruction. To, with instruction and then give us the platform to do something about it. He's, we're just picking up on a general, this is what's happening, guys, <clears throat> kind of thing. We apply it to our own lives. Uh, to It helps us to... Be aware of how we walk in the world mm. um, that we are living in with a world vision that's correct. Mm. How to be, it helps us not to be deceived. But that's about it. It's um, we're not downplaying the importance of when he does draw our attention to things, or even when he speaks to us about things. <coughs> Here's what I believe we do with all of this: the gospel has to go out into the world. So we are praying for a restoration of open doors and um, uh, ways to get to other places and nations to um, take the gospel out into the world, the true gospel, the truth of the Bible, the mm -hmm. plan. We continue to put as much of it uh, on record and make it available through resources to the world, mm -hmm. to posterity even after we're gone. In that effort we are all partners so thank you for all those that have supported this ministry in many ways yeah. if we had to divert our attention to going to spend hours of our time working other jobs so that we could pay um, the, bills. the bills then we would get much less done so in that way, we are all partnering yes. and we are uh, very intentionally putting things on record, yes. on the website, uh, in you, in each of your hearts yes. and minds. <coughs> and we are equipping everybody out there, you guys, for a purpose. Mm -hmm. This is all we can do with all this prophetic insight, with the vision we're building, that's what we can do, because in the end of the day, the basic ball game never changed. The plan remains the same. We're getting to understand what Satan is doing better. We're understanding what God is doing better. We understand the world around us better so mm. that we can reach the world mm. uh, more effectively. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, even if the Lord came to me in the night and told me exactly uh, in what in detail what is going to unfold over the next hundred years I can put it on record 
but more than that, I can't really do. The plan is not going to change. Mm-hmm. I will go, okay, here's the prophecy the Lord gives me, gave me, but the gospel has to... I'm not going to go into the world with the prophecy. I'm going to go with the gospel. Unless it significantly changes the plan of how to prepare. But exactly. if the plan is the plan, so yeah. theoretically if, it shouldn't change if the, the plan if the Lord, how to prepare. If the Lord came and gave me a vision and showed me that, yes... For a 50th year period, China is going to rule the world and take over the world economy. Um, and then Russia is going to rise up against it. If the Lord showed me all of that, I would record it. And then I would go with the gospel, not with the prophetic word. The prophetic word is not what the people need. The mm-hmm. word in here is that he is going to judge even the nations that rise up. He will come in His glory and He is victorious in the end of the day. Mm. What I need to do is I need to be rightly positioned. I need to understand what's going on. I need to pay attention to Him and I need to take the gospel to the nations. And the gospel, the basic plan of God's word, that's what the world needs. We become more effective if we understand the world around us better. Does that answer all the questions? Yes, yes. I think that's... Liani, I hope that answers most of your questions. If there's anything that was unclear, you can let us know. But I think that covers um, Mm. the... So just to sum up, in the book of Habakkuk, he refers to some parts... Turn out of the sun. (laughs) He he refers to some parts of the actual prophecy. Mm. But this is not the prophecy. The prophecy is not in the Bible. It's lost. Unfortunately, it's very clear that God gave him a specific vision to write down in detail, the same that he did with John. Or Daniel. Or Daniel. And the fact of the matter is, this is not it. This is a little song that he wrote about the time, somewhere in the past, when God gave him a vision. Mm. See all of you soon. <laughs>